The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman was always curious as a child. Wrapped within this curiosity was a lot of personal and family expectations. She was taught early to take care of herself and follow the rules. And these rules and expectations impacted her in negative and positive ways as she matured. She went off to college and while there got booked for commercials. She was curious once again and wondered what acting would be like. So she moved to California and after competing with 6,000 other young women, landed a major acting role on the daytime TV show, Guiding Light. This eventually led to another lead role on the show, One Life to Live. And through it all, she learned the powerful connection between moving her body and controlling her mind and the reality it could create. Today, she helps others create the reality they want by showing them how to combine movement with mindset to access a normally inaccessible part of their brains. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Sonia Santra. Hi, Sonia. Thank you for joining me today. Hi. Thank you. Wow, that was quite an intro. <laughs> wow. You, you can step into it, girlfriend, no problem. I'm totally convinced of that. And I'm so pleased to have you with me today. And we got so much to talk about. So I'm going to jump right on into it, okay? Yeah. So as a child, and even as a young adult, you had a lot of rules and hence expectations put on yourself. Did trying to live by rules and expectations help or hurt you along the journey to success? I think you articulated it actually so well that they did both, really. I think they created a structure for me when I was a kid and I had really high expectations for myself because of these rules, like I needed to follow them and I needed to exceed them actually. And that was where it really helped a lot because it kept me in line. It kept me moving forward in a really big and powerful way where I think it's probably uh, hurt was they became a little confining too. And it led a little bit to some perfectionism. And I think perfectionism can really be, that can come with a whole other set of problems. And that can sometimes prevent you from moving forward because if it's not perfect, then you don't want to do it or that you just move forward with a different form of fear. You know, it's, it's just constantly present. And so there's always this feeling of never being enough. And at times that self-imploded and yeah. So that was probably where it was a negative thing. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, you've said a couple of things that I want to dig a little deeper in because I think you've hit on some real nuggets of what maybe many women deal with. And that mm. is this this sense of perfectionism in all ways, whether it's their looks or their work or their relationships or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And how did you find yourself to get past that? Or, or have you got past it? Does it still haunt you? Both. <laughs> I think <it's> <laughs> so you've managed it, but it's not, it's not disappeared. <laughs> it's not gone. <laughs> I just know when it's there. It's really obvious now. I'm very aware of it. And so then I can, can try to work around it. But it's, it's a very conscious thing that I have to move through all the time. But yeah, so I think I definitely did. I think becoming conscious of it and realizing how it was really stopping me and how I didn't want it to get in the way of me really proceeding forward. You know, it's, it's such a double-edged sword because sometimes it helps you move forward, helps you like 
want great things and go for it and strive for better. And that's where I think it's so positive. But when it becomes so debilitating and just how you feel about yourself and and just the anxiety that comes with it and how you will then, and that's what I think what I did, when you feel out of control in your life, you try to control something in your life. That's how you sort of manage it. And, and that's where it become ne- it can become negative. So for me, that was an eating disorder, you know, and, and that sort of haunted me. And of course I chose Hollywood, which wasn't going to help that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. But I don't think it has to be, it doesn't have to be eating. It can be any number of things. It can show up in any way, but I think it lends itself to wanting some form of control because everything feels so out of control and you're constantly pressuring yourself to this unattainable standard. And I think it also gets in the way of you enjoying the journey. And I think that's where I've really made a lot of progress. Like I get it's not just the destination. Like it really does. You have to enjoy the growth. You have to celebrate that. I'm such a proponent of that because if you don't, what's the point, right? Like then you get to the end and you're like, okay, well, here I am. And and often then it's not enough. Like then it's got to be something else. And you're sort of back on that rat race again and you're constantly going, but never really appreciating any of it. Yeah, and I think that's so wise, and I love your perception on that, because it does come down to not necessarily erasing that perfectionism that maybe is so part of who we are, but it is being aware of it and using it to our advantage as opposed to letting it destroy us. Yeah. Yeah, so important. When you see that it's getting in your way, that's when you need to do something. Right. You know, like have a talk with yourself or get somebody to help you. Exactly. It'll push you. It'll push you. It'll push you. And then when you realize you're just not getting over that edge, that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I agree with that. So you've always been curious, and this has certainly led to opportunities that might not have otherwise come your way. So what would you tell others about the importance of living life from a place of curiosity? I think curiosity just opens the world. It's just, it's, When you get curious about things, what it also does actually is it helps you break some of those rules because now you can get curious about what's beyond the rules, what's out there. You get curious about other people. You learn things. I mean, you're such a great example. You get curious about people, right? And the things that you learn, the stories that you uncover, the paths along the way that you'll find just from being curious is incredible. And it shifts things from having to be in this place of just having to follow a certain route, you know, that comes with the rules and it opens up a perspective of growth. It's infinite what can happen when you're curious. And so I think, and anyone can change it too. You can shift your mindset into curiosity. And I think that's such a great thing too. For me, it it kind of was a bit of a natural thing. It was a natural gift for me and I'm grateful for that, but anybody can do it. And I find when people get stuck, or when they're even getting having trouble in relationships or having trouble with their whatever their work might be or even in their health, I'll always say, get curious. Just keep asking questions because your brain will answer anything that you ask. So if you ask good questions of others or yourself, you're going to find a world of answers that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. And, and for myself, I know that when I stay in that curious space, I experience a lot less stress. Because it seems like I almost lose myself in the process of discovery. Mm. I love Uh, that you said that because I think that's exactly right. And and I think it does. It makes you, there is no wrong in curiosity. 
No, yeah. no, right? because it is a place of discovery. There, you're exactly right. There is right. no, there's, there's no, no judgment. There's no exactly, exactly, and Whoa. that's the beautiful part of Whoa. it is that you can just open yourself up, and I think that's what allows you to move forward is the fact that you don't have a judgment on that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. So when you became an actress, you found yourself in a very competitive landscape. <laughs> and in the, yeah, that's an understatement, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And in this environment, you experienced a lot of rejection. So what advice would you give to others about how to deal with rejection so that it doesn't stop them from going for their dreams? Mm, yeah, that was a painful process to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Most I of think, the worthwhile ones are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they really are. So a couple of things. I think one, first allow yourself to have a feeling to feel it, to sort of feel it and move through it. Because I think that was one of the mistakes that I made early on was that I was just like, as soon as I was rejected, I needed to jump back on the, the game. You know, I needed to be like, okay, forget about it. Just keep going. And doing that, I kind of denied perhaps my real feelings. And when you deny your real feelings, you drag it with you into the next thing. And so I was constantly dragging those emotions with me into the next. And I think that made it harder for me to to succeed at first. When I started to say, okay, you're sort of allowed to have two hours or a day to just feel crummy about that. Then, then you need to get back on, you know, then you need to get back into the, into the game, but just acknowledging, Hey, that didn't feel good. And that's a bummer that, that, but allowing that process helped to help the pressure of just that suffocating it and trying to pressure it down until it all exploded. So that was number one, two, kind of turning it into a game, honestly. I mean, that really did is what it became. Very early on, I had done some workshop with somebody and they had said, you know, it's about 50 no's to every one yes. And it doesn't always come, oh, like you might get a hundred no's and then two yeses. So it's not like you hit the 50 and then you're guaranteed the yes. But so I, I literally made a poster of all these no's and I just started to check them off. And it just helped me feel like, okay, it's not terrible. It's just closer to the yes. So that also helps. And then ask, getting curious. So what worked, what didn't? I love athletes. I love studying athletes because I think the best ones do that so, so well. You know, whenever they come off of a, uh, you know, I, I love tennis. So whenever they come off a court or something, they're always there to ask them about the worst shots they made, right? But the good ones will always turn it and twist it and say what they did well first. And then they'll go back and they'll, you know, perhaps comment on what they could do even better. And uh, I really started to model that, like really look at what you did great first and then be like, okay, so that went really well. I did that really well. What could I do even better next time? So that it turned into more of a growth experience as opposed to just a, you know, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> going into that negative self-talk space, yeah. Exactly, because that's really easy to do when you get rejected all the time. I mean, sometimes it was multiple times a day you were told just random and sometimes horrible things. You know, you're, you're not pretty enough, you're too pretty, you're not tall enough, this enough, thin enough, fat enough, smart enough, dumb enough, you know, like. On and on. Once I was told I wasn't all American enough, I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like about as all American as you could look, probably. (laughs) I mean, it's just, you're not funny enough. You're not talented enough. It's endless, the stuff that they'll come up with. So yeah, you you have to find a way to get curious about that too. 
And something you said that I, I'm going to incorporate into some of my work and my daily life, because when I, when I get rejected for something, if I make an offer on something and someone rejects it for whatever reason, I feel a little bit of a dean. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what you suggested. I, I'm going to recognize it is somewhat a numbers game. And mm-hmm. that, like you said, out of those 50 rejections, you're going to get a yes. So if you've had 40, you start to celebrate. You say, oh my gosh, all I got to get is nine more and I'm at a yes. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, so it is a matter of reframing it. And I think that's a real interesting thing because we can play all kinds of games in our head. We do it on a daily we basis. We do, right. Yeah, absolutely. So being an actress certainly required you to really delve into who you were. So what did you learn about yourself and how did these discoveries impact your journey to success? I always say, I think anybody should take an acting class because it's really like the best therapy. You really do (laughs) dig deep into yourselves because it's always about what do you think? What do you feel? How about this? Oh, goodness. You know, my mom, I love my mom and we had a really close relationship, but she is about the most even keeled person I've ever met in my life. The only time she ever got upset was when the dog went to the bathroom on the carpet, but (laughs) like she just didn't ever get angry. And I, I remember coming out of an acting class and calling her and being like, mom, it's your fault. I can't get angry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it gave me access to a full range of emotions that perhaps I didn't necessarily think was okay. That was a rule, right? You just didn't get angry. You didn't, you just manage those emotions. And there's a value to sometimes letting things out. Now, you know, there's a time and a place. I'm not saying we should just start yelling at everybody. But I do think that's important. Learning how to fight fairly, even a relationship, how to express yourself. So I think that was a huge lesson. And for me too, just because of my past with uh, my my mother and my father, I think it, it made me just so appreciative of my mother and what she gave me and what she, yeah, led me to. But it also made me realize perhaps some of the male issues that I had because I had to head, you know, face them head on in acting classes and in the acting business. And so it made me seek out uh, my dad and sort of find that and sort of go on my little father quest and whatnot. And so that was a huge personal lesson for me as well. Yeah, interesting. And I don't think the average person, and certainly I didn't, wouldn't have thought about acting as being this intense self-discovery that you have to go through. And I can see to be a good actor or actress, you almost have to go on that journey to be convincing in front of a camera. You know, it's one of my things where people always say, fake it till you make it. And I think because of acting, I I hate kind of hate that. I do too, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a dangerous, it's a dangerous advice statement. I think it is. And I understand where it comes from and the intention is is good. And yet I feel like we all have these places within us. We're not faking it. You know, as an actor, right. if you were faking it, you were probably pretty lousy. <laughs> so what it taught you is that it's all inside. It's all inside you. And it's a matter of tapping into it and finding it. And I believe we all have that capacity even in, and to use that in your life. So you're not faking it. You're finding it within you. And that's almost the, the authenticity journey, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. To be authentic, Mm -hmm. you've got to find those places. So in the TV show Guiding Light, you played a rape victim. 
Mm-hmm. And outside of the role, you found yourself being the spokesperson mm-hmm. on the topic of rape. But you had never been raped yourself, you told me. But you told me that this role impacted you in so many ways, in spite of you never experiencing the, the violation. So what did you come to realize going through that experience? Oh, wow. I think one, first and foremost, just the depth of empathy for anybody who has experienced that was incredible because you know, I would never, ever, ever, ever compare going through it as an actor to going through it in real life. There's just that would be completely wrong and unfair. And yet you do experience some of the emotions. And I did talk to a lot of people who had experienced it and, you know, to sort of learn and understand and take on that persona in a real way. And so I think that was one. Two, I think finding that that uh, strength and inner strength within you and learning how people have overcome such extraordinary violation and really appreciating, again, the depth of how one can do that, that that exists. So that was really on a just sort of a personal note of um, the the internal journey. And then from an external, just an actress standpoint, having so many people share their experiences with me. And uh, I'll never forget the day that I got that a, a note from a girl who had been raped the same day Lucy, my character, had been raped. And she followed Lucy's journey. And when Lucy got help, she got help. And uh, I was just stunned. You know, I think there's so many perceptions about soap operas and, you know, the ridiculousness or the outlandishness of it. And, and yet that day taught me the responsibility of it as well. Like we really, really, when you're out in public, when you're out in any capacity on a stage in any form, you have a responsibility because people are watching, they're learning, and you could change somebody's life by doing that. And uh, that was still probably one of the most proud moments I have from acting, even though I didn't necessarily do it. It was written for me, but, you know, having that knowledge that it had that impact was huge. Right, right. Yeah, and you would have never really gotten in touch with that if that woman hadn't reached out and brought it maybe into your awareness. Not in that way. Not in that that very personal way. Not in that personal way to think that that happened that day. And then she just happened to be watching and following and being that closely tied to it, to that, to it would inspire her to take action, to go help herself is huge. That was just so unbelievably rewarding. And, um, yeah, I, I never, ever, ever took the responsibility, that, you know, or I stepped into that responsibility in such a deep way after that. Never took that for granted ever again. You're in front of public. You must stand and you must, A, walk your talk and you must know the impact that you can have on people. Right. Good and bad. Absolutely. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Along your journey, there was a period where you experienced fear, shame, and doubt, yet you pulled yourself out of this dark place using mindset tools. What is the number one mindset technique that others can use to pull themselves out of a similar dark place? (laughs) Well, of course, I'm going to say movement, but it was actually what taught me that, yeah, after I left Guiding Light, I suddenly had that, you know, deep imposter syndrome. I had that 
place of I'm never going to work again. I'm going to lose everything. That was a fluke. I can't, I don't really know how to do this. All of those thoughts that we have. And I lived that. I embodied it and it impacted every single part of my life, my relationship, my health, my work. I didn't work. I did not work a single day for a year and a half because of this mindset. It just impacted everything. And that was when I I, lo- I did. I was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I really did lose everything. And I was turtle sitting for $25 <laughs> just to pay for my groceries. And while I was up, you know, sitting and contemplating, how did I get here? You know, I had this fame sort of a, a year and a half ago. I was having impact. And here I am, like feeling like a complete loser. A turtle sitter. Turtle sitting. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. A long yeah. fall there. Yes. <laughs> certainly was. And I just, I thought, where did I go wrong? And that was when I realized I was using the same tools differently. So I was visualizing, but I was visualizing failure. I was instead of success, I was doing self-talk, but instead of saying, Hey, you could do it. Somebody's done it. I was saying, I'm going to lose everything. I was asking questions like, why won't anyone hire me? Your brain's going to answer that, you know, and it's not going to probably be a good answer, right? As opposed to like, what can I do to make myself more successful today? And And at all of it, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was out with my other actor friends drinking too much. And, you know, I wasn't exercising. And so all of it just contributed to this downward spiral and, you know, continued to give myself evidence that I wasn't capable and I was going to lose everything. But that was when I realized, wow, I had used all of this stuff before and created success. And now I was using it to create failure. It was just such a clear marker of, we actually have some control over this. (laughs) These tools work and you can use it for good. You can use it for bad. And so that was when I was like, well, I got to change this. And I knew I needed to start with myself, with my health too, like my whole physicality, because I was feeling terrible. And um, so I decided I was going to run and I started running this canyon and doing affirmations and asking questions and visualizing my success. And I get up to this bridge and I yell out these things I wanted to hear, like, you got the job. And then I'd hear it echoed back and be, you got the job. And I'd celebrate it. And I like really embodied it. And I moved my body with it until it started to become a part of who I was and what I felt like. And at that point, everything shifted. And three weeks later, I booked a national commercial. And three months later, as I was running down that pathway, I got the call for One Life to Live. I mean, everything changed at that point, but a lot of it, I totally believe. And at that point, I wasn't looking to do a business in this, but I was. it was the movement aspect because what we don't know or what most people, you know, most people think of exercises like that thing you should do because you're going to feel better. But it is a it is critical to our existence and as a result our body every system of our body has a reward system for when you move everything from your muscular to your heart to your lungs to your brain you can literally rewire your brain through movement it's just incredible the stuff that we know now from movement so it's not like a should so that i can fit into you know some smaller size jeans like cool if you do but that's not the point. The point is survival and thriving comes from moving. It will change. It's 
the best antidepressant out there, anti-anxiety medicine. There are countries that will, Australia, New Zealand, that will prescribe exercise before antidepressants because it triggers that same place in your brain without all of the other bad things. So it's a natural form of shifting your body and rewiring yourself for the success that you want. So I, I, yes, I'm passionate about it because it works. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and I think we often, uh, we've heard people say you need to take action. You know, having ideas is one thing, but you got to take action to make them come to reality. Yes. But you're talking about a different thing. You're talking about not just taking action in the sense of making the phone call, writing the proposal, you know, those kind of things. You're saying get off your butt and move. Yeah. And I think it all feeds on itself. You get up and you move, you take a walk, you're going to come up with some creative ideas. I mean, some of the greatest geniuses of our times, that's what they did. They would go out for a walk or so it doesn't have to be boot camp. Like you don't have to hate it, but it just needs you need to get up. We're much more creative when we move and it inspires that action and all of the good feel good chemicals come out that, you know, that, that will make that phone call easier too. So it's sort of all, it has a domino effect and not only will it inspire creative action, it will help you take the action. So I think it's, they're both, they both go hand in hand because yes, you need to take the action, but this is much easier when you're not like, I've been sitting in my chair for like nine hours, right? It's just as your brain stops, it really does. Right. Right. Or you start making all kinds of mistakes. That's usually my first clue that I'm, I've got out of balance. Yeah, definitely. So Sonia, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Oh gosh. You know, I just believe so much in what people are capable of. I believe everybody has a genius within them. Every single human being on earth has something unique and special. And I feel like we spend our childhood trying to be the same as everyone. (laughs) We spend our adulthood trying to embrace our uniqueness. And I just say, you know, step into that uniqueness as soon as you can, because what you have is needed in this world. You're here for a reason and that must flourish and trust that, know that and step into it and let it shine because the world is waiting. And I think that is a wonderful challenge to leave our listeners with as we wrap up today. And Sonia, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. I can't wait to see what your journey to greatness continues to unfold. You've got so many exciting things going on. And I really appreciate you being with here today and, and being open and vulnerable about your journey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And you're amazing at doing this. And I think the gift that you're giving women with these lessons is really huge. So take them and act on them. <laughs> so <to speak>. Yes. <laughs> From an actress, I'll take that advice. Exactly. <laughs> so Sonia is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman story unfolds. 